Hello and welcome to episode 172 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm the Peck from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRP. And joining me as always is the Ambrosial League Freak. You can find me on Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going well, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> it says, exceptionally pleasing to taste or smell, especially delicious or fragrant. Worthy oh, of wow. the gods, divine. Ah, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> I've got people that would write that would sign off on an affidavit saying that's right. I would have, I would have thought so as well. <laughs> I saw it there and I went, yeah, yeah, that seems completely fitting. <laughs> I can't um, wait for this episode because we're going to talk about some footy. Yeah, I was going to say we're going to do something unique for this year. Mm. We're going to talk about football that's going to actually get played this week. It's fantastic! Well, I can't wait. It it seems surreal. It really does. Hey, it's uh, and for it to be round three in May, um, it's it's really weird. It really is. Um, it, I suppose a lot of people don't know this, but I mean, the last time we had a season that was, you know, round three around May, you got to go back quite a long time, sort of, um, you know, the very early days of the competition, because a lot of the times those seasons started really late in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose we're getting a rough idea of what it was like to be around when the when the game first began, I guess, 1908. I mean, back in 1908, they were playing round three on May 16. Wow, really? That's incredible. Yeah, so it's um, just trying to see if there was any seasons where we also had, you know, more, more recent seasons, I guess. When was the last time we had round three being played in May? You know, it, remind, it just reminds me of, you know, the journalists that keep on saying things like weird things. This will be the shortest season in history. Or like, this has been this has been the most tumultuous, tumultuous fucking three weeks in the game's history or the worst <laughs> season in... And it's like, no, there's heaps more than this. Yeah. Like, some of them were right during Super League when it was way worse than this. <laughs> exactly. You know? Uh, we are playing round three games in May. Yeah. Um, up until 1945. Okay. That's um, interesting. I would have yeah. thought it was only uh, it was earlier. Yeah. Um, I suppose back then, up until 1945, we had 14 rounds. Yeah. So, yeah, they started pretty late. But, yeah, I, I did see a thing about it. Was, might have been Channel 9 or Daily Telegraph, one of those two moron media outlets. Mm-hmm saying it's been the most tumultuous three months in the game's history, and I thought, hmm, if you listen to our 1909 episode, you'll hear about a pretty tumultuous three months there in the 1909 episode, and again in the 1917 episode, where the entire of Newcastle was banned from playing rugby league. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, anybody that was around for the Super League war... Exactly. Like... Yeah. Which we've also discussed, and you can read hear about that in the the nineteen ninety five episode we did. Yeah, just to listen to that, and we've got the ninety six episode. Uh, have we done ninety six? Not yet. Okay, we have got ninety six and ninety seven to go, so yeah. they're going to be fun. We'll do them pretty soon. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, short memories. Very short. Very which short. Is, which is odd, coming from a media organisation that only employs dinosaurs. Yeah, that's true. But the thing you've got to remember is that they're all alcoholics. <laughs> uh, they can remember back when petrol only cost 60 cents a litre. and Yeah, the good old days. Cost about a dollar fifty for a schooner. For <laughs> <laughs> a dollar. Anyway, let's talk about some football. Exactly. We've, we've got that out of our system now. Yeah, yeah, we had to. All so, right. Thursday night... The big night. I can't wait for this clash. It's the first-placed undefeated Parramatta Eels versus the fifth-placed undefeated Brisbane Broncos, and they're going to be playing at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, we do have a uh, unique stat for every match here, because mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. We've got a stats guy with us here, so let's do it. Yeah. Um, the number of premierships won by Parramatta players who made their debut with the club is zero. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, so um, don't get your hopes up, Eels fans. <laughs> yeah. How do you reckon this is going to be 
really interesting because I like the Eels this year. I don't like the Broncos. Broncos are going with their squad rotation policy, which is brand new and no one's ever thought about it before. Just ask Anthony Seabold. Um, yeah, and don't ask anyone in England. No, no. England. Um, it, I, I tend to think the Eels will win this, but this first round is going to be kind of weird. It's basically the season starting again. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot of players who their fitness levels are going to be all over the place. I think some players will be fine. Other players, especially forwards, will be a little bit off. Um, I think it could hurt the Eels more than some other teams in terms of some of their players could drop off in fitness levels. But uh, I, I still lean, lean towards the Eels a little bit in this one. What do you reckon? There's a bit of... I can't discern which yet, but it's either a bit of 2001 or 2005 about Parramatta, mm -hmm. where they've got that squad. They're at the right moment in time where they should be able to go through and be premiership favourites. Yeah. If not favourites, genuine contenders. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made it all the way through to the grand final. Mm -hmm. But I have zero confidence in them actually winning the grand final. Because I think just like they did in 01 and 05, they'll choke. Yeah, and I tend to get the same feeling. Like, they've got a lot going their way. I think the big thing is they don't have... I think the problem is Mitchell Moses at halfback, and he hasn't shown that he can make others around him better when he's not playing great or when he's not making the breaks himself. You know, when, he's, when he is making those breaks and his running game is on, he's fantastic. But when other teams shut that down, he's very useless, quite honestly. Yeah, so when he, gets, it, when he gets rushed in defence, um, yeah. he what he does, he goes completely sideways. Yeah, exactly. And he needs and, to learn what to do in those those times. Yeah, um, and because there's not much size to him, he's not much. He's not a strong a strong player in the upper body. Mm -hmm. um, he's so easy to defend when he starts going sideways. Mm -hmm. You just let him run until he runs his players out of the field, and he gets. You know, runs himself out of position, I guess. Yeah. Um, or alternatively, he'll just get the get the ball and just bomb for the corner. It doesn't care what part of the field he's in. It could be a midfield bomb. doesn't matter where. That, that'll be his two options. He'll run sideways. He'll bomb to a corner somewhere, and it'll be way out of position. But he'll make, that'll be his two big mistakes he'll make if he gets rushed. Now, it sounds like it's an easy thing to shut him down, but when you've got a, a pretty strong forward pack, that are constantly making meters, mm -hmm. then it's going to be hard to stop Parramatta from getting onto that front foot and getting that roll on the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so he plays really well off the back of that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the the really good defensive forward packs will stand a good chance of, of um, having success against him, but I don't think there's too many teams in the comp that have got that. So should do all right. But... Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Who do you of from one play from each team, right? Who are you looking forward to seeing how they pull up out of this lockdown that we've been under? Okay, for each matchup. No, no, for each team that okay. we're talking about here. Um, hmm. I I do want to see Regan Campbell Gillard mm -hmm. pull his finger out and have a real fucking crack. Yeah. Because when he does, clearly he's one of the best players in you know in his position in the world. Yeah, but he's been a bit of a pillow the last few years, and he really has. Hopefully, the the change of clubs will fix that up. Mm -hmm. But when he's ripping and tearing, I, I love watching him play. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, for the Broncos, ah, oh, geez, there's a few there. Payne Haas is great, great to watch. David Fafita as well. Um, so you'd be, I'd be looking at those two, I guess. Yeah, I, I know for the Broncos, for me, it's Haas because he's such a big dude. Um, if he comes out of this lockdown and he athletically hasn't lost anything, then I, I think it's a good marker for how he's going to be as a forward going forward for the rest of his career. Like if he loses conditioning quickly, I I think that that would be something that would be a little bit disappointing. But if he comes out and he looks fantastic, it's like, oh, man, we're all screwed because he's not 20 years old yet. Um, for the Eels, for me, I'm looking at uh, Junior Paulo. 
because he could be massive. <laughs> he could be 150 kilos. Uh, and I'm hoping that he's not because he is an important part of the Eels pack. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's an awkward body to tackle too. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if he's in good shape, I think it will be a really good sign that the Eels mindset during this lockdown, that they've all still been locked in on, on staying healthy and fit and that sort of thing. They haven't just, um, you know, relaxed. I don't want to see this Eels team relaxed. I want to see them up on their toes and ready for this this first clash against the uh, Broncos. Absolutely. Um, so move on to Friday, May mm-hmm. 29. Cowboys take on the Titans at their new stadium, the Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Mm. It doesn't quite have the same ring as Bank West, does it? No, it doesn't. I, I feel I like think, it'll end up being the... called like QCB Stadium. Yeah, I think Queensland Country Bank need to come up with it. Need to get to their marketing people mm-hmm. and come up with a better better name for their bank than that. Hillbilly Bank. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. That would be really good, eh? I think um, that would work very well. You know, the last time the Cowboys played at a new home ground, mm-hmm. they went on to win the wooden spoon. Wow, well that's fantastic, and the good news is that they're playing. <laughs> they're playing the Titans, who know who, about winning spoons. Yeah, exactly. Well, they've they've lost their first two games of the season, and although we're only two games into the season, they're minus fifty eight points on their for and against. So it's all started really well for the Titans. Jeez, that's that's just crazy. That is. That's a horror show, eh? Oh, it's a good thing they've got a new coach. That's fixed everything up. I know. Well, as while Mal Meninga is still pulling the strings there, I mean, he's they've been worse. It's really weird. And, you know, Holbrook, it was the worst job to take in the whole league. And, man, it'd be weird if they turned it around, though, if, if the, the break was good for them. But I can't imagine it will be, especially when you consider that the Cowboys, they're one and one so far this year. And they're coming off of a massive win. I believe it was against the Bulldogs where um, Jason Tamalolo broke the record for a forward, metres for a 40. I think he got like 75,000 metres or something like that against them. So um, I think the I think the Cowboys will win this one. Um, but that's not saying much because the Titans are just dreadful. And the Cowboys have actually won their last... Nine straight games against the Cowboys. Whoa. That's... Sorry, the Cowboys won the last nine straight games against the Titans. That's pretty um, crazy. Yeah, that's... What's the combined score there? Cowboys 244 to 128. Hasn't even been close. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the Titans are so bad. The Titans are like... Um... Like, there's some bad teams sometimes, and it's for other reasons. The Titans are just bad because they're bad. Yeah. Um, it's a strange one. That's the 6 p.m. game, by the way. Uh, yeah. We move on to the next one. There's not much you can say about that game, hey? Like, no, Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm still I'm still keen to see, I suppose, the... Um, no, I wouldn't call it the evolution of Valentine Holmes, but a kind of is in one sense because he's a different mm. sort of athlete now and he's got a much bigger responsibility now than what he had at Cronulla when he was there. Yeah, and I um, think that the break would have come at a really bad time for him. I think that he would love have loved to have just played straight through, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting for the Titans. I mean, who, who the fuck do you want to see play for the Titans right now? Just AJ Brimson. Um, he's the only leading white I can think of in that squad at the moment. They've, they had an opportunity in the whole offseason to go, you know what, let's hit the reset button, let's do, let's put the broom through the joint, and they just went, nah. Nah, let's stick with it. The only bit, the big change they've made, they got rid of Callum Watkins. He he went home for personal reasons and signed for the Toronto Wolfpack. <laughs> yeah, look, um, as much as he was a pretty bad signing to start with, Mm-hmm. He wasn't the reason why the Titans were not winning. Oh, no, no. There's a bloke wearing a seven jumper. I mean, he's a dad now, so things are a bit different, obviously, because that's what he keeps saying. But uh, uh, Ash Taylor, mate, seriously, you don't have to pull your finger at mate. You've got your whole – you're up to your bloody shoulder in your ass. You've got to pull your whole arm out, mate. Jesus Christ, you've got some work to do. 
Yeah, he really does. And that lot, it's at the point where it's like, save your career. Because, mm. right, I, I mean, we often joke about them. We're not even joke. We're often quite critical of the, the drop-down in standard between the NRL and the Super League. Yeah. And if Taylor can't lift his game up to anything decent this year, he will not get a gig in Super League next year, let alone the NRL. Mm, yeah. Because I would hate... I, I can't think of too many Super League teams that have got a halfback that's actually worse than Ash Taylor. And the biggest problem with Ash Taylor is not so much his skill set, it's between his ears and his desire to play the game. And I just don't think he's got it. He doesn't show me any desire or will to win at all. Yeah, and like I mean, this is his chance. He's got to prove for the rest of this year that he can get it done. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it's... It's not a good place where his career's at right now. No. Um, if he hadn't been paid so much early on, then there's always a potential to pick up a cheap half. But the money he's on, he's ruined himself. And it should be a good that... example to a lot of players that, you know, don't go chasing the big money because if you don't live up to the hype and the, the, the money you've been paid, mm. that could be the last paycheck you get from rugby league. But do you reckon that's the reason why it's gone pear-shaped for him? Because I um, tend to think that I, I tend to think it's very rare that a player it, it's about the money that they've got paid too much. Like I've never heard a player say like that maybe their career fizzled out or something. I've never heard them say, "Oh yeah, it's because I got too much money early on." You know, it's it's always other things. Um, I, I tend to think that it's probably just he's not been in a good environment. I don't think he's ever had a good coach. He has had, you know, I mean, we talked a few day, a few weeks ago, I think it was, about the way that the Titans have just been a, you know, it, it's it been a, I don't know, like a bus stop. I'm trying to think of the quickest time that anyone could be there, you know. They haven't had a player that has played 100 games, I think you were saying, the other day. Um, crazy. Just crazy, and he's just one of the latest. You know, it's there's plenty of players that have played there, and it hasn't gone well for them. I look at they've had a few players that played 100 games there, but they haven't had. I don't know if they've got any there at the moment who have played 100 for the club. Just have a quick look. Uh, Ryan James, but I mean he's out for the rest of the year as well with an injury. Yeah, man, that that kills them so much. It really does. Like, but I think that it's it's an easy thing to point to with Ryan James. Like, I don't think if you chuck Ryan T- James into this team, all of a sudden a lot of their problems are fixed. Like, I just think Ryan James is playing all right and they're still shit. Yeah. Um, he does bring a bit of leadership to him and he does lead by example, which can sometimes spur on, especially given a forward, or spur on his forwards to perform a bit better, which means they wouldn't be getting flogged every week and they probably have a better chance of winning those closer games very few mm. that they have. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it does hurt them when he's not there because they just, they look rudderless. Like, they've got no one guiding the ship around. I think Ash Taylor's biggest problem too is he hasn't had a genuine top-line 5'8", who's mm-hmm. older than him, mm-hmm. to sort of take the reins off him every now and then. The best he's had has been Tyron Roberts, and not a criticism of Tyron Roberts because he's, he's a very solid and reliable half. Mm-hmm. But you kind of need a superstar next to Ash Taylor, who's older, yeah, not just a reliable guy. Um, so that's kind of been Taylor's own downfall, I guess. Is has been he's not been they haven't built a good team around him. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to, yeah, you generally build teams around your your halves. And the Titans, I think their uh, recruitment concept is very similar to the West Tigers, and that is buy whoever's off contract. Yeah, that sort of feels like, hey, and their mm. team looks like that. And it's very much like the West Tigers. You kind of look at it and you don't see a team that feels like it's got a plan. You know, it's nah. just, they, oh, we'll grab this centre and, oh, let's grab this second rower. And it's not like, well, this is the way we play and we want to get these sort of players. They just get whoever. It's exactly the same way that the old Gold Coast team worked. Yeah. Exactly the same. It's really um, strange. Yeah, you know what I think that stat was. I think it was um, before the Titans, a player had not played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the original Gold Coast team never had a player hit a hundred games for him. Yeah, which is 
insane. Completely insane. It is. Um, it's up there with a the stat about Parramatta halves. They haven't had a halfback play for the club. He's played 100 games at halfback since Peter Sterling retired. Yeah, it it seems <laughs> impossible, but yeah. it's true. It, it's really, really weird. It is. So we'll move on to the second game on Friday, and that's arch rivals, the Roosters, taking on South at Bankwest Stadium on Friday night. And the uh, the hoodoo of Clive Churchill lives off the South because the last time the Bunnies beat the Roosters in a round three clash was back in 1957. Wow. That's amazing, that one. <laughs> um, this is eighth versus 12th. Uh, the, the Roosters lost... Uh, their first two games of the season, the Bunnies are one and one. It's been a a real weird lockdown for the Bunnies, though. They've had Cody Walker did a sparta kick on a player, and the New South Wales Police said everything was fine. And then there was the allegations that he was getting blackmailed, and then the media did their bit. And then he got fined by the NRL. I don't know if he got suspended. Um, I think don't he think so. Might... He also got um, um, James Roberts. Sorry, yeah. that's not his real name. His name is Jimmy the Jet. Sorry, sorry, James. The Jet, yeah. He's um, in rehab. He's in rehab. Um, you know, hope he's all sorted out soon because, you know, that obviously he's not in a good spot. No. Um, and Latrell Mitchell had that barbecue. That was pretty terrible. You see, he's been linked to pretty much every story. Yeah. I think he was linked to the story about Cody Walker. He's the, uh, you know, the only thing he hasn't been linked to is the Last Dance documentary, unfortunately. Yet. Yeah, not yet. I watched, um, the, I watched the end of that today. I could do a whole podcast on that series, the, Dead Set. I've not watched a second of it. Um, I've been meaning if, to, but I haven't seen a second of it. If you were around while it happened, you don't need to watch it. I was around. I was watching basketball, kind of from a distance, but yeah, it didn't really... I would like to watch it, but I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, but yeah, I suppose the only other thing that um, the trail hasn't been linked to yet is um, COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Although there were, that when he uh, did have that barbecue, people were saying that uh, basically it's people like him that were going to spread it around and kill us all, and that was turned he, out to be false. Was he eating barbecued bat? I doubt it. Oh, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the barbecue that Latrell Mitchell puts on? I oh, bet it's epic. amazing. It'd be epic. I'd like to be invited to one of Latrell's so barbecues. Yeah. Um, now, when I say linked to COVID, I mean like linked to the the start and the outbreak of COVID nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> poor bugger. They keep smashing him. It's terrible. I would love to see him come out and just be. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see him be about five kilos lighter. And I don't mean that in terms of like he wasn't in uh, good physical shape because he was, but I think that maybe to play fullback, he needs to be leaner. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I think the Roosters are going to win this game, though. I just think that they'll have a lot more of the systems in place. It's been a lot more settled for them. Um, I think that they can come out and if they play, because I think a lot of these teams are going to play a little bit average for this first few rounds. I think the Roosters averages are going to be a lot higher than the Rabbitohs average this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting a Roosters win there too. Um, interesting to see. Um, I want to see how Kyle Flanagan goes in this one. He's the same for me. Yeah. I want to see him play. See how he goes. Yeah. He's been a bit, um, steady. I'll put it. Yeah. It hasn't, hasn't been bad, but it hasn't done anything brilliant either. It's just been steady. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, for the Bunnies, I'm, I'm keen to see Latrell Mitchell lift his game. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is moved to centre. Mm-hmm. And everyone would be going, oh, you're supposed to be fullback, and they'll be whinging. Just shut up, you idiots. I think if, if Bennett decided to start him at centre, I think it would take a lot of pressure off the whole situation. Because if he starts at fullback and he gets moved to centre, he gets hawked, it, it, it's going to end up being a problem for the Rabbitohs. Whereas I think if he starts at centre, people will be like, oh my God, what's going on? And then like if he ends up back at fullback at some point in the game, it's just it's going to just take the heat out of the situation. That's what I think. Essentially, there's 
it, it's almost a given that he's going to be playing at centre because with Roberts gone, mm. Mitchell's the only genuine experience centre they've got there mm-hmm. because they can put Alex John- Johnson in a fullback. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, that just suits the team balance a bit better, I think. And Alex Johnson's too good to be not playing first grade. Who do you think is going to win this one? I'm going Roosters. Okay, yeah, Roosters. I think the Roosters could put it on the Rabbitohs a little bit. Uh, I reckon it'll be a tight one. Okay. Yeah. Next game, Saturday. Warriors versus the Dragons at the Central Coast Stadium. Now, the Dragons have lost every game they've ever played on the Central Coast. Mind you, <laughs> they've only played there once back in 2000 when they lost to the Northern Eagles by one point. But still, that's a fact. That is a fact. And we love the facts on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, both that teams. Means, that would mean the Warriors would win. Yeah, that would, hey. Although both teams are winless. The Warriors are homeless. They've spent the last two weeks in Tamworth. Um, this is for the Bludger Cup. This is going to be a real bad game to watch. <laughs> yeah, look, I, my my heart really wants to see the Warriors do well. Mm-hmm. But my head just says... This is this has got bad news written all over it. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, look, they, I, they I could through so much more than any other team. Yeah, but I could see the Warriors come out in this game and just play like a house on fire. But I could also see the Warriors lose every single game this year. Yeah, and I think that that second option is way more likely. But there is the there is the chance that they've been killing it in training. They've had their heads screwed on. The way that they've had to travel and isolate and stuff, it's just got them in this mindset where they're just going to be breathing fire coming out in this game. But they're, they're definitely not going to sustain it. And I wouldn't be shocked if they even just win this game and don't win another one. Like, they're on a hiding to nothing this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I tend to agree. Um, mind you, they're up against the Dragons, who have got easily a top eight squad with a bottom two coach. Yeah, I mean, McGregor is just—he's just the pits. He's taken a very good, very good squad. He's compiled a very good squad. I don't know how because his game plans are just so. Boring. They really are so predictable. And you're just going. You're not getting any value out of that, out of those stars you've got in that team. No value out of them. You idiot. What do you reckon would happen? Because you know how um, Shane Flanagan, all of that thing with him was kind of a Todd Greenberg thing, and Todd Greenberg folded on Shane yeah. Flanagan, let him back in the game. His life ban lasted a few months. Now that. Uh, Golden Cock Peter Volandis is running the show. What do you reckon the chances are that McGregor gets fired and the Dragons say, hey, Goldcock, we'd like Shane Flanagan to take over because Todd Greenberg didn't want him in the game and Golden Cock says, yeah, why well, not? There's a way it'll work, okay? Mm. I think the Dragons either have or used to have um, one of Paul Crawley's brothers working there. Mm-hmm. So they might just go up to they might get someone who still knows Paul and say, Paul, can you write say something really nice about Peter Volandis in the Daily Telegraph? Yeah. And then in there say, oh, if Peter Volandis is is um continues with his great work as a, as the greatest administrator rugby league's ever had, possibly even world sports ever had. Um, you know, I've even looked into sport being played in Mars and it's still still say that Peter Volandis is the greatest administrator of any sport in the cosmos. Mm-hmm then he will see it reasonable that Shane Flanagan becomes the new head coach of the Dragons. And Flanagan and Flanagan's will go, oh, they said nice words about me. Okay, I'll do what they said. And that's how it'll happen. I would just go the a way easier way. I'd just go to uh, the journalists that are in his ear and I'd just buy them like 27 schooners because they're all alcoholics. And I would say, just tell them to let Shane back. And it'll yeah, happen. It'll happen. He listens. He listens to whoever's talking in the Daily Telegraph. Yeah, yeah. That's his soundboard. Um, Who, who's going to win this game? I, I'm going with Warriors, only because I want to see them win. Um, 
and because I want to see RTS. I think with that with that dragon side there, as soon as they get tied after the first half, RTS in the second half could be could just blow them apart. So I'm pretty keen to see that. Yeah, I I think the Dragons have the way better team. Uh, but as I said, I I can see a scenario where this Warriors team is just you know breathing fire coming out in this one, and they just sort of get a lot out of their system, and the Dragons, you know. I mean, the the poor thing about the Dragons is the players are mentally beaten down. You know, yeah. they need a change. And unfortunately, the club keeps on giving McGregor contract extensions. It's really weird. It is. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'll be keen to watch Tristan Saylor in this one. Uh, yeah. Only, only because he's bound to do something that's going to be explosive and brilliant, fantastic. And McGregor's going to hate that and ditch him out of the side. And then some other club will take him. I am looking forward to seeing Ben Hunt for the Dragons, see how he plays. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he just uses that because, like, he's by far and away the best half that's going to be in this game. And he should be able to guide his team to a victory. But if he goes missing, that's not going to happen. So I'm interested to see how he plays. Yes. Um, so who are you picking for that one? I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Warriors. I think that this will be their, their swan song <laughs> for 2020. <laughs> Righty. Um, get to the second game on Saturday and that's Cronulla versus the West Tigers at Bankwest Stadium. And, uh, every time Benji Marshall has scored a try against the Sharks, his side has gone on to win the game. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the last time he bagged a try against the Sharks was back in 2012. Oh, jeez. Uh, man, I, I can't see the Tigers winning this one. They're just, they're a bit of a basket case thrown together. You know, I love Benji. I think Brooks is fantastic, but they haven't got much help. Uh, it would be really, really nice if they had a hooker. especially oh, they, they do now. who they get? Harry Grant. Oh, they got him. Mm. Ah, see, the last time I heard that hadn't gone through. No, there's um, pictures of him this week. He's at training with the Tigers, and uh, funnily enough, they've got the the Tigers have got this thing where they have one team wears, I think, a, a an orange singlet or a blue singlet, and the other the other side wears purple. And he was wearing a purple singlet in defence there, oh, nice. which I thought was a bit cheeky. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that that deal went through. Well, that's good, because especially now that we have one referee uh, and all the wrestling is going to go completely out of the game because of that, for some reason, um, that that's good that they have the hooker there. Um, I'm still picking the, the Sharkies, though. Uh, even though they've got Sean Johnson, who gives them a 12-man side, and it means that they have to score a shitload of tries because they can't k- kick goals, I think that... Uh, they need to get back on track, and I think they can do that. Yeah, look, um, my my heart is picking the West Tigers, and my head's picking the Sharks. Okay. Um, man, two two of my favourite players, two two of my favourite players, you know, in the game at the moment are in this game. It's Benji Marshall and Wade Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wade Graham, he's that bloke's a game breaker, and. The West Tigers' edge defence can be, I'll be kind and say flimsy. And but they, they do have uh, the <laughs> the economist on the, in the centres now, remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he hasn't had his head in the books. I'm sure he's been starting. He made, I bet he made a shitload of money on the stock market. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That you can be sure of. <laughs> um. Melbourne versus Canberra at Amy Park on Saturday. It's the last game there. Now, on game day, it will have been 516 days since the Storm last beat the Raiders in Melbourne. Um, after they beat Canberra 44-10 to in round 2020-18, the Storm lost the two games since then at home. And on both occasions, they were last year, courtesy of a late try to the Raiders. Uh, I reckon that might be playing on the mind of the players and the coach. And I reckon there's a chance that Canberra may have they may have made themselves be a bit of a hoodoo side for the Storm. 
Yeah, but I tell you what, Bellamy will be seething about that because that's a very unstorm-like um, statistic. Like even when you think about some of the teams that have been able to stand up to the storm and you think, oh, yeah, you know, the Warriors, they play pretty well against storm. And then you look at the record and it's, you know, the storm are completely dominant. <coughs> um, it, it's They also have all of this drama with Bateman where, you know, Hood Ornament was saying that he'd asked for four releases. Uh, Bateman come out and, uh, you know, had a go at him being bald. <laughs> but, but then... Then it's come out that he has been allowed to negotiate with other clubs, and not quite the I, same as being asking for releases four times in a row, though. It is, yeah, it's v- <laughs> definitely semantics that have been played there. Um, but at the same time, it's not quite black and white by Bateman either. I would suggest, and um, so th- that's been going on. But I tend to think that the Raiders might be one of the teams that get through this period better than most other teams. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I might be leaning towards the Raiders, which is not like me. Normally, I'm back in the storm for everything. Especially when they're playing at home. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to lean towards Canberra. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm expecting this to be another tight game, though. Yeah, um, it'll be a good one. It, that might be the match of the round, this one, actually. I think so, and I think the biggest thing that's going to be entertaining about this one is going to be the battle of the fullbacks. Um, Papenhuysen versus uh, Nickel Klockstad. You know, you know what I'm just thinking, though? The Storm are so good out of the blocks when a season starts, and this is like a new start to the season almost. Yeah, true. I was, I was just thinking that too, but I thought, eh, you know what? It's not officially the start of the season. Yeah. That's why we play the games. That's right. <laughs> but that, that's I think that's the safe bet to go with there. Yeah. Let's have a quick look at Melbourne's record in round three, shall we? They haven't lost a round three game since 2011. Wow. And definitely got every single season opener under Bellamy. Yeah. Yeah, so... They've won 16 of 21 round three games. <sighs> that's insane. <laughs> That's so insane. Oh, man. Uh, Canberra's record is not so good in round three. Uh, Let's have a look. They've had 19 wins from 38 games, so they're sitting at 50%. Okay, that's not too bad, though. It's Mm. it's not like they're shocking. No. Okay, next one is um, Sunday. Penrith v. Newcastle at Campbelltown. Now... The last time Newcastle beat Penrith on a Sunday in May, it was in 1999, Penrith have won all three games since, scoring at least 30 points every time. Yeah, and I mean, we've won the Linear World Club Challenge, haven't beaten the Roosters in round one. Um, so we still held that trophy. We're undefeated so far this season, um, which is fantastic. Undefeated since March. Playing in Campbelltown Stadium, so it's not that far. You go down the the M7, it's not too bad. Um, or you could go down the Northern Road, I guess. It depends. Maybe they'll go down the Northern Road, avoid the road tolls. Um, I I kind of expect the Panthers to to really play well in this game, much better than the Knights. I like the Panthers' side way way better, just in terms of talent through their lineup, and I I just think that. Um, they'll have had a much more settled preparation than the Knights as well. Well, it's worth noting that Newcastle also undefeated and they're sitting in second place after beating True. after beating competition heavyweights, the Warriors 20-0 in round one and the West Tigers 42-24 <laughs> in round two. Um, they're due for a loss. Yeah. I, I too think Penrith should win this one. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing... Tamo lift his game a bit more. I think there's a lot of young guys in there who are pretty keen to watch. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm starting to come around to the idea of Tamo being captain. I think it might have been one of the very few master strokes that Ivan Cleary's come up with because it's given Tamo a responsibility mm-hmm. and it's given him a reason to perform. And I think Tamo's game has started lifting. He, you know, he started it last year. I think it started to improve because of it. 
I can tell you through the lockdown that he's been very visible in the media in Sydney. Um, it, very, very early on when the lockdown basically started, they had a, a story where he went to some people's houses and was giving them prizes or something. I, I didn't really pay too much attention, but I was kind of thinking, man, I want you, you know, in a hermetically sealed house at the moment, dude. You're a captain. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. I, I'm looking forward to seeing, well, Nathan Cleary's not in this game, I guess, but... Um, who would be someone in the Panthers that I'm looking for? You know, I was thinking about him today, actually, kick out. Like, I'd, I hope that he comes back and he's still got some fitness about him. Um, cause, just because I love watching him play, for the most part. <laughs> and for the Knights, I, I want to see Ponga. I hope that Ponga just hits the ground running. I think Ponga would actually be one of those players who could probably not play football for six months and then pull on the boots and be completely fine. Yeah, to me, I, I think Ponga is the modern-day Dale Shearer. Yeah. He'll just play forever. You can put him wherever you want, and he'll just come out and perform. Yeah, yeah. I, I get the same feeling, too. Um, I feel as though this lockdown would have hurt the Knights lineup a little bit. They they, they kind of need some footy under their belt. They need to gel a little bit, uh, and the Panthers don't have that problem. But we'll see. That's why they play the games. Well, that's true. Um. I'm I'm keen to see um keen to see how David Clement goes too yeah because he's going to be up against Tamo that's going to be his big job I guess to look after him and I mean, Clement's a beast yeah, he's fantastic and I mean he's playing his best football at the at the Knights um so and the Panthers pack like in theory their pack should be absolutely amazing but they're not. In practice, um, it'd be interesting to see if Clement could dominate them. Hey, I, yeah, I, I, I back him too. Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, no Cleary there. I don't know if Penrith's got that great of a fullback, halfback with experience, and the challenge of putting them in there for the first game in about two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think I might have to go with Newcastle on this one. I think the Panthers will win by 40. I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with Newcastle by one. Okay, okay. Who's kicking the field goal? Mitchell Pearce will kick it on his 37th attempt. (laughs) (laughs) The game will will be like 12 or... Can we both agree? We'll both agree on this. No matter what the result, Mitchell Pearce... Three Dally M points. Ah, oh, definitely. Lock him in already. Yeah. Lock him in. Now, the last game of the round, it will be Manly versus the Bulldogs at Central Coast Stadium. Um, surprisingly, the Bulldogs are actually undefeated in games against Manly, played on May 31. Manly have lost their last four games on May 31, with their last win on this date coming back in 1908, uh, 1980. Sorry. Wow. That's a long time between drinks, as they say in the classics. Now, Manly's, they've had one win and one loss, and they're currently sitting in 10th. The mm-hmm. Bulldogs have had two losses, and they're down in 13th. Um, but surprisingly this year, the Bulldogs have scored five points more than Manly. Oh, that's a little bit weird. Um, you've got to go for the Seagulls in this one, although they do have a few players that the break might not have been good for them. But still, I mean, with DCE control and everything, um, and the Bulldogs, they still have that talent gap to the vast majority of teams they're going to be playing against. I was really, really uh, worried about what they were thinking when they were looking at getting Josh Reynolds. Um, I don't know why they would want to get Josh Reynolds at all, especially considering that they did everything they could to get rid of him for a reason. I think the mindset there is to get an experienced player in the spine because they they don't have... I mean, you think DWZ is the most experienced player they've got, and he's very early 20s anyway. So I think that's all they were after. It was probably just getting someone with a bit of experience around the club, even if he's not starting but on the bench, just to help guide the younger guys a little bit. Um, I can see the mentality behind it. Mm. And that, I don't know if it's the right move, but their mindset might be too that, you know, Josh loves the Bulldogs, 
And so his game, his performance lifts that little bit extra when he's at the club. So maybe they're thinking that that might be a good idea to bring him back. Who knows? I, um, I just, I, I think it would be such a disastrous move. I thought it was a disastrous move when the West Tigers bought Reynolds. I never understood that. And I think that this move would be as bad, if not worse. Um, and just, you know, to have a guy that you're just going to carry around. Like, aren't they sick of carrying foreign around at this stage? It's it was crazy to me. Wow, this is the other thing that hasn't been reported on too much, is that there's a. I I have heard around the, the traps that uh, Reynolds would be willing to go back to the Bulldogs and take a pay cut at the same time. So maybe you know, a, a way of getting a a passionate Bulldogs player back in the halves on the cheap, and so you could get him back, ditch four and save money, and then you can buy players somewhere else. I wonder what happens with Foran when his contract runs out. I wonder if an NRL club will take a punt on him. Because I think that with how injury-prone he is, I just don't need that in and out no, of the lineup he'll, stuff. He'll, he'll go to Super League. Yeah, that's Almost where said. I would say. He and should go to... Tear um, it up. He should go to uh, the Catalan Dragons. Or, you know what, Toronto Wolfpack. Imagine if you had Foran and um, Maloney in the halves. Ah, it'd be good. Bloody hell. Be good for the five games foreign played in anyway. Oh, they'd, they'd rack up bloody cricket scores. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye on um, Tom Trebojevic. And I know it seems a bit obvious, but given that Tom's been on and off with injuries for most of his career, mm-hmm. I think this year might be the first year where we start to see a bit of um, consistency from him fitness-wise. Mm-hmm. And... I think having this long break, it could actually help his body out. And I I don't know. I reckon he's probably going to have an absolute ripper of a year, and I reckon it will start in this game. Um, for the Bulldogs, I don't, I don't know. It's not, there's very few to look at here. Maybe maybe Lewis in the halves. Yeah, I was thinking Lewis, hey. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I, for the You know what? I would, I would say Lewis for the Bulldogs. And uh, for the Seagulls, I know it's a bit of a boring one, but DCE, I'm going to really, I'm going to really enjoy seeing some of the crafty old halfbacks that we have in the competition, just guide their teams around the park and just, you know, because we're going to have so many players that aren't going to be up to fitness levels. They're the one, the halfbacks are the ones that are going to be able to take advantage of things like that. So I'll be watching him. Absolutely. Um. Well, there you go. We've reviewed, we've previewed all of the games coming up this week. Yeah, it's awesome. I can't wait for the footy to start. Hey, Thursday, like ah, it's going to be so good. It is. It is. Um, we might even see if we can get a, a live a live episode on for one of them. Yeah, what one could we do as a live episode? Knowing that we always turn out a bludger every time we do one. Yeah, that's true. Which game? I mean, Which Warriors game? and Dragons will be a bludger anyway. Um, which one won't be a bloodshot? We could ruin. <laughs> could ruin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we don't want to ruin the games that our teams are in. You kind of yeah. want to focus on those ones. Maybe Melbourne versus Canberra. Yeah, I was thinking that. That looks that has the potential to be a pretty good game. So we'll we'll destroy that. We ruined. Remember, we ruined uh, Sharks versus Melbourne. <laughs> Man, we might, we're like, this will be a great one. They always rip in and we were watching it and we had to ignore it. It was so bad. Yeah, we did the same thing for Penrith versus Tigers, I think. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we do. Oh, man. But we'll see. We'll see how we go. Yeah. But, uh, we might work towards that one. Yeah, well, anybody that's listening, right, if you follow us on Twitter, Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter, um, and, yeah, keep an eye on it. Because if we're going to do a live episode, we'll we'll promote the hell out of it on there. Yeah, and it will be done on um, live on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done it already, get over to YouTube and subscribe to us. Um, you can check out all the every episodes over there on YouTube, plus a few other little videos here and there. Um, so yeah, subscribe over there. That'd be awesome. Give and us press some- the bell. I, th- I think if you subscribe and there's a little bell icon when you subscribe, if you press that, you get an alert when we're going live. So that that pops up on your phone or wherever you're logged into YouTube. You've got to be logged in to do that. There you go. Get it out, people. Homework. Yeah. 
I mean, you're used to it. A lot of you have been staying at home looking after kids who have been working from home anyway. So, you know, it's about time the adults do a bit of homework. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, have we... back. I'm so excited. What's to say? Have we had any emails? I haven't looked. Um, let me have a look. I was kind of hoping that the um, that Bulldogs fan who left us a comment might have got back in touch again. Bulldogs fan? Yeah, remember he goes and he listens to us when he goes out and gets his coffee? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, he hasn't got in contact with us. <sighs> um, got another massive emails from PK. I, I got a, I got a email PK tomorrow. Um, cause we'll, have to, we'll, we'll have to do an episode this week where we just answer some of those emails, I think. It's not even answers. It's like... Just reading them. He's, he's got... He's sending, like, stadium things and, like, what how he would change stadiums and, you know, relocation and all sorts of stuff. It's massive. Wow. Maybe you need to do an, an, an article on him. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking I need to get in touch with him and say, do you want me to make it an article? I, seriously, there's, like, six or seven articles worth here. It'd be great. <laughs> It saves me doing anything as well, which is also good. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's been no new comments, so thanks for nothing, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been showing out some stats this week. Heaps of them, yeah. I did. There was uh, there was one day I saw you were putting up stats, and I didn't see what they were, but I saw they were well received. Yes, yes, they've been going pretty well. Um, so there were. The one I had there was a percentage of tries scored by position from 1976 to 2019. Mm-hmm. The funny thing that happens every time I do something like this is people come along and they try and tell me how I should be reporting the stats. Yeah. And I'm like, if you don't like it, you can do it yourself. Yeah. You know what? I've explained how the stats work. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, stiff shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair enough. Statistician was a bit of an arsehole streak. That's me. It happens. It happens. But, I've heard um, that that happens with statisticians, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Massive arseholes. <laughs> so I thought I'd run a few of the, uh, the findings from it by you, see if we can get an explanation out of you, because I've, I've not made an assumption or anything. So, okay, and um, I, I literally haven't seen these, so I don't know what you're about to tell me. All right, so... The main one is, for for the most part, wingers have scored pretty much consistently around 25% of all tries since about 2007. Mm-hmm. But since 2013 to up until 2018, it was 30% and above. Now, what do you reckon it was that caused that spike to go up and start there? Because that's the highest percentage of tries that have been scored by wingers since 1976 was 31%, 30%. When did we get rid of the uh, the goalpost not counting? I'm not sure. Someone else suggested that, and I thought that was, that sounded like a plausible yeah. reason. Um, um, what else? So another one was in 1995. Yeah. We saw centres score more tries than wingers. Okay, that's interesting. That might just be the fact that we had a lot of good centres back then. Mm, well, that, that's kind of what I put it down to. Yeah. Like um, uh, like you think through the centres that were playing back then, it the, it's it's maybe one of the best crop of centres ever. And two of the best try-scoring centres the Australia's had were playing at the same time. That was Eddinghausen and Renoff. Yeah, yeah. So that um, just might be what that statistical anomaly is. The only other time that in this period that centres scored more tries than wingers was 1989, and it was only by a little bit. Um, 1989, though, was unique because the point scoring was really low that year. Yeah. Um, and so it was a bit of an odd spike because it had been quite a bit lower, and that was one of their highest try scoring percentages, I guess, for centres was 1989. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, don't quite know what happened there. The introduction of the ten of the ten meter rule in ninety three, that seemed to have had an impact on wingers scoring tries. Okay, they, they went down there. Um, oh, really? I guess the inside men had more more room to work with, so they were getting over the line before it got it to the wingers. Possibly, yeah. And also, 
I think the biggest spike upwards in that period was hookers. Ah, oh, really? That's interesting. They just had more room to work with. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's a pretty interesting sort of uh, list of stats. The, the other one that was really surprising was 1976 yeah. saw second rowers scoring almost 15% of all tries. And okay. it was lower every year ever since. Oh, wow. That's a really interesting one because it's not like we haven't had try scoring second rowers since then. No, God, I mean, Steve Menzies. Yeah. Even players like uh, like Hindmarsh and yeah, Talis yeah. could score a try. Like, there's been some good ones. Yeah. Gallon as well. I mean, Gallon scored over 50 tries in his career. Yeah. I yeah. guess I wonder if it shows that, uh, you know, like second row, good second row is a really good decoy runners. So that would be part of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess... Other- I guess because they're playing on the edges sometimes that uh, it, it like there's so many moving parts around them that you know they're kind of setting things up or are set up men for the try scorers a lot of the time. Yep. Now the other interesting one was the halves, five eights and halfbacks. Yeah. Their try scoring dropped and never really picked up again after 1990. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Hmm. Mm. There was a small peak for both in 2001, yeah. and it got up to, like, 1987 levels. It wasn't up to the peaks that they had prior to that. Yeah. Um, took a big hit in 2008 for, for halfbacks especially. Mm-hmm. That was their lowest point, and they're not much higher than that now. So, yeah, that was that was another interesting one. Okay, what was the uh, – how did fullbacks look? What were the, the peaks and valleys for fullbacks? Fullbacks had a, a peak in 1986 where uh-huh. they got to about 12% and then barely got over 10% until 2004. Mm-hmm. And 04, 05, 06, 07, 08, um, they were all well over 10% then. And then 2011 was the peak year. In 2011, you had – Essentially, you had Brett Stewart and uh, Billy Slater scoring a ton of tries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would have been the, the reason for those ones. But, yeah, they were always pretty steady, mm-hmm. and it's it's dropped away against 2011. The last three, four years, they've been under 10% for the first time consistently since, uh, you know, 1995 or 96 sort of period. Which makes sense because, like, you take – just take Billy Slater and Greg Inglis out of the bunch and, you know. Yeah. And Brett Stewart. I mean, Brett Stewart's got a ton of tries as well. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the reason behind a lot of that. Was there a spike for Dave Brown? Well, I haven't gone back that far. So this only okay. goes back to 1976. Okay, okay. Yeah. So when I've got the team lineups for um, for all games for the period 1946 to 1975 in there, I'll be able to do the entire history of the game, which will be interesting because I think wingers will have higher percentages in the early days of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, like I would expect, I mean, hookers at one point must have just not got over the line very much at all. Yeah, fullbacks and hookers would have been pretty much near nil yeah. for decades. Yeah, centres I think would have been – centres, wingers – Man, even front rowers, I could see where they are not getting over the line much at all as well. And, like, that's not a newsflash, but there'd be points in the game's history where they just were not getting over the line. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if you want to check those those graphs out, they're all on my uh, on my Twitter page. Um, the the Twitter account, Fergo Freak Pod, has retweeted them as well, so you can check them out on there too. And got some more coming out later on this, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, completely unrelated to that. So I'm try I try and occasionally do ones which may help people who like to punt on the game. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to, you could probably use this as well. But yeah, I'm I'm working on a few things there. Um, yeah, I've got some really interesting ones coming up too. Some some uh, what if type things as well. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah. We're so, gonna, remember, we were going to do a what if episode. Um, maybe we could still do that. Like, just you know, sliding doors moments in rugby league. Yes. yes maybe we, we could call it sliding doors moments instead because it sounds a little bit more classy than what if. Sounds like a movie that I didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. That's the one where she ends up with her head in a box, eh? Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I'm taking your word for it here. Pretty sure that's different. Um, So, yeah, I think think we've wrapped this one up then, eh? We have indeed. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Enjoy the footy this weekend. And uh, don't worry, we're going to pop out a few more episodes before the footy kicks off. So um, till then, take it easy and we'll catch you later.